What's up, everyone? My name is Austin Consol, and you're listening to the Weekly Football TrioCast. Today, I am joined by Giovanni Falzone. Hey, guys. And also Anthony No. What's going on, guys? And today, we are recapping the Super Bowl. But first, we got to get into some news. There's not a lot of news, but, you know, some Hall of Fame was announced. Anthony's going to talk about the people that he thinks are the important names on the list. But the only piece of news that I want to bring up this week is Jacksonville is going to have two home games in London. And that is pretty big news because there's only usually one game that they get in London. Now they're going to two, which means the Jaguars fans only get six home games in Jacksonville. Two of them are all the way in London. And people are starting to think, are the Jacksonville Jaguars trying to move to London down the line? Very well could be. Uh, Geo, since you weren't here last week, let's start with you. Let's get some fresh voices in here. What do you think about this? Uh, I think it's great to expand, you know, the NFL American football globally, as they've been doing every year with multiplying the London games, uh, consistent consecutive years, uh, moving games to Mexico City. But yeah, for that fan base, you know, that's rough. That's showing that they are moving in that direction. I think we're several years away from that. I think, you know, it'd have to take at least four or five years to make the transition uh, personally. But, you know, two, uh, it is a lot when you think of you only have eight. Um, We don't know uh, or do we know that, Austin, these London games are both going to be considered home games or will one be considered an away game and and one be considered a home? Based off of what I read, it said that it's going to be two home games okay well then that's a huge hit for the area for for duval county for jacksonville because they make a lot of money when those games happen at um at the stadium in jacksonville and so from that standpoint like it's not great for that fan base but from expanding the sport globally it is good because that's what they've been trying to do um they've been trying to be like you know the nba and mlb to have more renowned worldwide even though there's stars in the nfl uh the fact that they wear a helmet there's not as many faces associated with the nfl so that's why they struggle globally whereas in baseball and in basketball you're not wearing gear and a helmet you know like football players are so it's easier to have just the the shield the nfl logo and not not as many people well known worldwide Uh, Anthony, anything to say? Uh, I just, like Gio was saying, I think it's we're far away from a team being in London. Like, I get the international appeal that they're trying to get, but you're going to have players who don't want to go there for free agency, players who are not interested in how much traveling they have to do for eight away games going from London to the U.S. and then back, and let's say it, it that's a lot of traveling teams, like eight or at least what is it? Uh, eight teams you have to go over there to play them. Like that just, that's a lot of travel when players just aren't going to want to do that. Then you had to think about divisions, like the AFC South, everybody in the South in the United States. And then boom, Jacksonville, London. Like it just doesn't make sense to me. I get what they're trying to do, but I feel like if we, if we, if the NFL is thinking about expanding, they should start in the in Canada first. You know, it's still it's a lot of traveling, but it's not as bad. Take one of those teams that are up closer to the border, 
move them. Buffalo talked about going to Toronto a couple years back. If they want to do that, allow them to do that. But moving a team to London, you're going to get <clears throat> like that team's going to consistently be in the bottom of the league, in my opinion. There's going to be no free agent pull. Players aren't going to want to go play in London. Um, then you have to worry about salary cap. Like, are they going to be getting paid in U.S. dollars or whatever the currency is over in London? Like, there's just a whole bunch of different things and aspects to worry about. Like, I, I think it'd, it'd be a dumb move for them to go over there. I think Duval's being treat, being cheated out of uh, two home games because the owner wants to line his pockets because he's still getting paid regardless of where they play. So I think that's a that's a mess. I mean, the players are getting paid regardless of where they play, too, technically. So, you know, just depends on how much fans attend. And as you could tell, the fans love showing up, even if they're just showing up in a Packers uniform watching Jacksonville play Buffalo. Like, that's what London does. Um, But we'll see what happens. Uh, You know, it's a test run. They'll see if they like it. Maybe it'll keep going in the future. Maybe it won't. The, but, but real quick, a uh, little non-football topic. Uh, they just announced like who's in the NBA All-Star Weekend, like the events. Uh, Pat Connington is in the dunk contest. Uh, okay. Did, like, does anybody even know what kind of dunks this guy brings to the table? No clue. I don't even know who that is. I mean, he plays. I've heard of him. He plays for the Bucks. But like, you have Dwight Howard, Aaron Gordon, and... Um, Whoever won last year. Yeah, not who won last year. Derek Jones Jr. and Pat Connington. But anyways, just a little bit of non-football news, a little basketball news throw in there. Um, But Anthony, go ahead with uh, your Hall of Fame talk. Let's hear what you got to say. So, you know, we had the Hall of Fame election process went over past Super Bowl weekend. They named the five modern day -day inductees as well as, you know, a couple coaches. So uh, the main headliners, you have the players that a lot of our listeners would remember. You have uh, Edrin James, who everybody knows was uh, the great running back that played with Peyton Manning and the Colts. Um, Steve Hutchinson was a great uh, offensive guard. He played left guard for Minnesota. He was part of that really good O-line they had with uh, Bryant McKinney at left tackle, him at left guard. Um, AP ran behind him for a few years. Then you look over and you got uh, – Palomalu, who I, if you if you don't know who Troy Palomalu is, whether it's from pop culture or uh, just the NFL, you know, dude was a beast. Safety for uh, Pittsburgh. Pretty sure his number is going to re, re, be retired from there. You know, he had the locks, does the head and shoulders commercial. He had a really good commercial. I want to say it was either for Nike or Gatorade with Ladanian Tomlinson, but on the field, the dude was a monster. Uh, had probably the best timing, I think, of all time. You know, he was able to – he jumped over the line so many times, like, tackle the quarterback as he's taking the snap. Like, it's his timing was ridiculous. He definitely deserved it. Uh, this one was a little bit I, – I feel like this one, you know, he deserved to get in, but I feel like this this wasn't the year. But uh, Steve Atwater, the great uh, Denver Broncos safety, known for his really hard hitting, made a lot of plays. I think he, he got in. However, I think that you look at Torrey Holt was up. Uh, a little bias here. Zach Thomas was up. But he got in over those guys, and then you had the great coaches at Jimmy Johnson and Bill Cowher. So, uh, you know, it was good. It was a solid, solid Hall of Fame inductee class. However, I personally, like I said, I had my bias. I think Zach Thomas was snubbed. I think Zach Thomas is on the level of Ray Lewis and Brian Urlacher, but he didn't get recognition because he played for Miami. The dude was a beast. Uh, 
I think he had like he had a bunch of interceptions in turn for touchdowns. He made plays that like he, he called out plays like before uh, Keekly was doing it and all these guys were doing it. Zach Thomas called out the play, shot the gap, made a tackle in the backfield all the time. Nearly um like the dude was a monster. I I feel like he should have gone in. I feel like he will go in. However, Erlacher was a first ballot Hall of Famer, and so was Ray Lewis. So I feel it's a little disrespectful for Zach Thomas to not get in on the first try. In the first try, not take anything away from the guys that got in, but you know, just my bias. Yeah, I would agree with most of what you said. I think Zach Thomas is deserving to be in the Hall of Fame. I don't think you can write uh, the story of the league without including him um, in in the decade in the area in which he played. He was a consistent player. Um, he stayed relatively healthy, um, constantly was a, a shining spot on that team, uh, like Jason Taylor was for years. So I think he will get in, uh, just not in this class, obviously. I'm going to jump in here. We also, besides Hall of Fame uh, induction this weekend, but right before we get to Super Bowl, we also had the NFL Honor Show. Uh, Steve Harvey host again. He did a great job, in my opinion. And um, the big award of the night, obviously, was NFL MVP of the year. That went to Lamar Jackson, and rightly so. But was what was really awesome about it is he became the second player only to Tom Brady to be unanimously voted MVP for the year. So um, that was given to him. Uh, we had Stefan Gilmore with Defensive Player of the Year. Um, that was one that I really agreed with, um, even though people, you know, said the Patriots' defense in the earlier earlier uh, part of the season was just playing bad teams. He was just a guy who took away other players. Um, he had one, you know, one bad showing all year long, in my opinion. But he was taking the number one option. He was making. He led the league in pass deflections. Uh, he just made plays all season long, so I was happy that because he's not a trash talking corner. So it was nice to see him get that recognition. Do you guys want to mention any other um, uh, NFL honors players? Uh, Kyler Murray, rookie of the year, and I also thought that. that... Go ahead. I thought Kyler Murray, um, although he didn't have uh, a better season positionally as uh, AJ Brown or Josh Jacobs. Um, I could be forgetting someone else. I think what he did with what he um, had to work with in year one, I thought he actually exceeded expectation for a bad Arizona Cardinal team. That, that honest, out of all the um, out of all the NFL awards that were given out, I gotta say that the offensive rookie of the year was the only one I really disagreed with. Uh, not to take anything away from Kyler Murray, you know, he led his team in rushing yards. Well, I think he was at one point. I don't know if Kenyon Drake caught him, but at one point he was leading his team in rushing yards. He had the I think twenty four to twenty seven twenty four or twenty seven touchdowns with the only ten or twelve interceptions. He had a solid year, but Daniel Jones put up similar numbers in that and about four less games. While he was impressive, I, I think AJ Brown for a playoff team was phenomenal. Josh Jacobs for a near playoff team was phenomenal. Yep. So again, not taking anything away from Kyler Murray. Not saying that he wasn't deserving. I just feel like those guys might have been a little more deserving than him. And uh, just to touch on something you said earlier, uh, can you can you remind me the receiver that Stephon Gilmore was playing against in the one bad showing you think he had? Uh, AJ Brown. Uh, I, I was going to mention the uh, 
10 or 11 catches for over 100 yards and a touchdown he gave to Devontae Parker week 17. But, you know, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, week 17, I know. Listen, Devontae Parker, uh, they got, they're lucky they got him to that cheap two year deal, right? They gave him a two year deal after his rookie contract was up. Yes, they got really lucky. I think Fitzpatrick honestly deserves all the credit for his growth. Not take anything away from his coaches, but I feel like Fitzpatrick gave him the opportunity to go up and do what he does. He's a jump ball, go get it type guy. And Tannehill doesn't really throw those kind of passes. If you've watched him in Tennessee this year, it's more evident that it wasn't just Miami. He puts the ball in position for the players to make plays after that. And while Devontae Parker can do that, he's more of a player that will get up, go up and get it over a defender. And if he comes down on his feet, break a, break a tackle and get you know some extra yardage. So Fitzpatrick was there. I feel like Devontae Parker was snubbed from the Pro Bowl. They gave it to Cortland Sutton over him. But again, Pro Bowl, uh, he said he doesn't care about that. He just wanted to win more games. But uh, Miami got very lucky getting him on the extension they did. However, if he has another year like this next year, we're going to have to pay him, him, pay him big. Because I feel he was, what, top three in the league in uh, receiving yards, top five in touchdowns. He didn't have the reception numbers, but I I don't care how many times you catch the ball. If you're getting 1,300 yards and nine touchdowns, you you could have freaking nine catches. That's okay with me. Yeah, uh, uh, just real quick, I was going to mention the awards, but Gio, Gio talked about it, so that's good. Um, the I picked everything right except Coach of the Year. I thought Coach of the Year should have gone to the 49ers coach, Kyle Shanahan. No uh, way. Only, no way. I mean, where they go, 14-2? Yeah, that's great with just, a great team. Just hear me out, 14-2. What was their record last year? With the hurt Jimmy Garoppolo, and, and, and what was the Ravens' record last year? They were in the playoffs, right? Who made yes. the biggest improvement? Well, first of all, they didn't go fourteen and two; they went twelve and four. So that's the two Niners. Are we sure they didn't go thirteen and three at least? No, I thought they, they went fourteen were... and two. No, they went twelve and four. Um, this year, my my thing says thirteen three. No, they went. They only lost to. They lost to the Ravens. They lost to the Seahawks. They lost Once to the. In... Oh, I'm including the Chiefs, but okay, fine. They went thirteen okay, yeah. three. Yeah. But yeah, it's just my opinion. I don't have to. I mean, I know you love John Harbaugh, but I'm talking about if you want to talk about from last year to this year, the guy who made the biggest improvement is the 49ers. The guy, second best team in the league, lost in the Super Again, Bowl. Again, I feel like Brian Flores should have been up there, but I think all all should have went to Mike to uh, Mike Tomlin. Yes, yeah, see that one was another good one because of the situation he was in. But I'm yeah, just saying, I would have voted for Mike opinion. Tomlin, not Harbaugh or Shanahan, but because Greg Roman and Lamar Jackson have more to do with what happened this year than John Harbaugh. But it's all—it's all a preference thing. It's all like a you know personal preference or yeah. whatnot. But I guess these guys voted. But I feel like the finals. I think the finals they had was. Uh, Shanahan, Harborough, and I can't remember the third. It might have been Tomlin, but for the have, to have to not have Tomlin win, or even Flores up there as a fourth entry, because remember the beginning of the season, Miami for the first time like football history, they were not, they were not uh, like they were not the projected winner. Like they were the underdog in every single game this year. Still managed to win 
five games, beating a playoff team in Philadelphia, beating a team that at the time was one or two losses in Indianapolis. Like they had a good season, and granted, like that, I think that might have been the least talented roster in all time compared to like their era. The the Dolphins had no stars, no studs, no Pro Bowlers, no players winning yearly awards. Besides, yeah. aside from Devontae Parker, there that team had no 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 chance of a Pro Bowl player. If only the Dolphins didn't cut a guy named Damian Williams. And then even look at Matt Moore. Matt Moore has a Super Bowl ring now. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy what he did, uh, albeit in Hard Rock Stadium. But we're gonna get that's we're gonna get into the Super Bowl now. We're already on the Super Bowl, so keep keep it going. Keep talking about Super Bowl. So the Chiefs won thirty-one to twenty. I'm sure everybody knows who won. I'm pretty sure everybody knows the score. Um, <clears throat> but and Super Bowl MVP was Patrick Mahomey. Um, and it was a pretty good game. Uh, I think it was 20 to 10 going into the fourth quarter and the chiefs about 10 minutes left, got the ball back and scored and played some defense, scored again, played some defense, scored again, ended up winning, uh, you know, 31, 20. I thought it was a very enjoyable game. I thought the chiefs, you know, just going into that fourth quarter, Patrick Mahomes did not look good, but you know, if any team was going to come back, it was them. They did it all playoffs. I think they were down 10 in every playoff game and came back and won. And especially that, took, like, them being down 10 in the Super Bowl after coming back from down 24-0, you were just like, you know, it, it could happen. You, you can't, you just can't count this team out after what you saw in the playoffs. Um, I picked the Chiefs to win. They ended up winning. Great season for the Chiefs. Um, will they go back next year? We'll find out. I think they have the talent as long as they keep some defensive pieces and maybe improve the defense. I think all their offense should be fine. Um, and then the Niners, of course, I think I think they're going to be able to keep everybody from what I heard. So they could be back in the Super Bowl as well. Um, <clears throat> let's start with you, Gio. What were your uh, thoughts on the Super Bowl? Um, you know, it's maybe why I feel the way I feel. Yeah, give it, give him coach to the regular season. But Kyle Shanahan once again proved that he's not ready to be an NFL head coach because you can't you can't go scoreless in the fourth quarter and give up 21 points. I don't care if it's Patrick Mahomes. I don't care if it's um, Tom Brady, like which he's done that now to both of them. Like that, you have to really try to do that. I mean. When you take 45 seconds off the clock in one possession when you're up 20 to 10, that's a problem. It, they basically played right into the Chiefs' hands because he got – and look, if Jimmy Garoppolo makes w- that one throw where Emmanuel Sanders runs past the entire secondary, we're having a different conversation. And if he wants to justify his play calling on the what-if that could have been where Emmanuel Sanders is streaking down the field, then Okay. Then the game totally changes, and, and we see what happens. But it was incomplete because I believe that's just Jimmy Garoppolo. Why would you have him throw 31 times in this game against a high-powered offense, and you had him throw eight times in the in, in or excuse me, yeah, eight times in the NFC Championship game? Is it because the run was being shut down? No. 
Raheem Mostert, 4.8 a carry. Debo Samuel, almost 18 yards a carry on only three carries. Tevin Coleman, almost six yards a carry. Everyone's averaging five to 17 yards a carry. Like, there was no reason to do what he did. And so I, I have no use for Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think he's that good. In 31 attempts, he only put up 219 yards. Um, and, and Kendrick Bourne, you know, had a couple great catches, but that's not someone who nobody had over 50 receiving yards. No, not one receiver for the 49ers had over 50 yards. Now you could say that's a lot of inaccuracy by Jimmy Garoppolo. The one play got taken away to, uh, George Kittle, but he, you know, he wasn't a factor in this game. And, and I truly don't believe Mahomes should have been the MVP. I believe it should have been Damian Williams because every time he touched the ball, great things happened. He, he, he sealed the deal because if he doesn't uh, break open for that, it's still a one-possession game, and they have to give the ball back if they get a stop on the third down. And uh, he scored the, the crucial uh, play, play call stands with the ball crossing the, uh, the goal line um, earlier that quarter. So I think it should have been Damian Williams. He was a guy who, again, I, I made the joke about him being an ex-Miami Dolphin, but it's just uh, – I don't see how the 49ers could let this happen. How doesn't Debo Samuel touch the ball in the fourth quarter? I don't care if you have to pitch it to him, just do a sweep and, and or jet sweep and have it handed right to him or whatever you got to do. He should touch the ball. He's the guy who can break a tackle and get four or five nasty, tough yards in the fourth quarter. And he had zero touches. That's bad coaching because Debo's fine. All reports point to him being fine. And Raheem Mostert, while he didn't get a lot of work, he averaged almost five yards a carry. So I don't see – I really don't see how they they let this happen again. You know, when I say they, I mean Kyle Shanahan with a new team in a new place. Credit to the Chiefs. They made stops. But, I mean, you can't – they played it into the hand. It was 20-10, to 10, and Mahomes just threw a pick in the red zone. It's, and there's only 11 minutes and change on the clock. You have to try not to run clock and give them three cracks at touchdowns. Not once, not twice, but three times. So I'm excited. The Chiefs won in first time in 50 years. I think Mahomes is part of the future at the position of the NFL. They got, He's got a great a, a, a array of weapons, and we know that. But I see him getting challenged by Lamar Jackson. We'll see who's quarterback for the Titans, but that's going to be a tough team to beat. We'll see where Tom Brady goes, um, but th- this 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 is the this is the quarterback. This is the future of the AFC. So I'm going to jump right in, and I agree with you 100. Uh, percent Damian Williams should have been uh, Super Bowl MVP. You know, he had they called it a garbage garbage time touchdown. Absolutely not. People are saying he should have slid, but if you look at it, all it takes is for him to slide, go down, no timeouts left, fumble, snap. You don't know what's going to happen. He was 100% correct to get into the end zone, score that touchdown. He had the receiving touchdown earlier in the game. He got multiple crucial first down carries, catches, all that stuff. Uh, And even look at it in the first quarter, the first drive, I think Mahomes tried to throw it to him three or four times, but was inaccurate. Like they they leaned on him to make the plays in the Super Bowl, and it 100% should have gone to um, Damian Williams. Now, to get on, go on to Patrick Mahomes. The first three quarters, like I looked at one of my friends I was watching the game with. I said, I, I think he's throwing the game. I got, I think he has money riding on it. And he just, he looked very, very bad. That one interception he threw to, I want to say it was uh, Fred Warner, maybe. Yeah. Yep. He threw it straight to him. And I don't know. They said he must, he didn't see him, but I'm like, 
how do you miss the six foot three middle linebacker that's standing right in front of your receiver? Uh, unless that was just unless the ball slipped or maybe he's not used to the Miami humidity. Dude, I don't know. He looked god awful. I don't think he deserved the Super Bowl. He made plays when he had to make plays, but he did not. He did not look good for majority of the game. And then to give him Super Bowl MVP, it's like this. Maybe this was it. This might have been like the first time that they had the that they were down, and it was his fault. But still, to the reason he he was the reason they were down. The two interceptions after throwing none in his playoff career, and one being in the red zone. Like yeah, I thought, San Francisco was going to win the game. Um. You know, Sherman kind of got exposed a little bit, but he got exposed by possibly the fastest player in the NFL and Tyreek Hill on yep. a play that I honestly think that any player in that situation would have got exposed on. Tyreek Hill on the open field is the most dangerous player uh, in the NFL. I, I know Gio might remember this play. There was a play last year where right before halftime, they just threw like a little check down pass to Tyreek Hill against Dallas and he just ran all the way into the end zone. Like he's that dangerous. He yep. made Sherman look bad, but I think like you could put Gilmore in that same situation. He probably does the same thing to Gilmore. However, Sammy Watkins said he knew he had inside release on um, Sherman after watching what Devonte Adams did last week. And he got him, he got him for a huge play, he gashed him. But Sherman, you know, usually he's the one who talks garbage, but he was the first one to say, I played awful. You got to respect that in a player of his, you know, his ability and things like that, and how he's usually the first one to push blame on somebody else when it was in Seattle. But to see him kind of mature, that that was a good thing. Now, and Kyle Shanahan, you know, when he was the offensive coordinator in Atlanta, the whole issue was you didn't throw the ball when you had the lead. You ran it too much. And now we had a different situation where you threw the ball too much. You didn't run it. Uh, he's, I think he learned from his mistake from the Super Bowl against New England, but he learned it in the wrong sense of, you know, maybe I got to throw the ball more. You throw the ball more when you have the NFL MVP at quarterback. You have Julio Jones at wide receiver. Yes, then you throw the ball. You have one of the better catching running backs in the league at the time in Devonta Freeman. Yes, you throw the ball. But when you're all your running backs and even one of your receivers is averaging more than four or five yards a carry, you run the ball, dude. That's what your whole team is built on. Joe Staley is easily one of the best run-blocking left tackles in the league. Ryan McGickley, the right tackle, busted out this season as one of the better run-blocking right tackles. You had one of the best offensive line, most dominant offensive lines all season and in the playoffs, just like in the NFC Championship game, you ran all over Green Bay. Now you get the lead and you think, oh, now it's time to throw it. What makes you think that? I think if, if he shouldn't have won, like if they, if he had won Coach of the Year the day before, uh, like as they were announcing the Super Bowl winner and MVP, someone should have went over to him, took the trophy back, and gave it to somebody else. He did such a poorish job managing that game late. I just, I don't understand it. I, I fully expected. I was sitting in my in the living room watching the game. I said Shanahan's not going to let it happen again. Fourth quarter, ten point lead. San Francisco's got it. That's it. End it. It's over. Nope. 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 Especially and after Mahomes threw a pick in the red zone. That, I, mean, I thought that was it. My friend was sitting there. He's like, well, that's game. San Francisco won. He was a Packer fan, so he was upset and feeling some type of way because he wanted them to lose. So I just – Kyle Shanahan, I, I think he's a, he is a young coach, a young head coach. Uh, I think it's only his third season at the helm of a, of a team, but he's got a lot to learn and – 
they they got to do something. They got to get another receiver, man. Debo Samuel, uh, he can't do it himself. Kittle's great, but Emmanuel Sanders kind of lost his step, struggling to get opened. Uh, if you give me Emmanuel, Emmanuel Sanders uh, from a couple of years ago, Emmanuel Sanders makes that catch on that bomb that Jimmy Garoppolo overthrew. Yeah, it was uh, overthrown. But also, but also, Jimmy Garoppolo has like you just got you got paid the richest contract in NFL history. You need to get better. There should be no reason why your team should be like I'm content with you only throwing eight passes in an NFC Championship game. Granted, yes, your team dominated on the run uh, in the run game. But no coach, no head coach should be like, I'm cool with you throwing eight passes. Mm-hmm. If you're getting paid like an MVP, you need to play like an MVP or you don't deserve to give that money back. Because right now, he is a bank robber without a mask. He needs to get a lot better. He needs to put this game on himself. He needs to, like, even, even if that, even if the Emmanuel Sanders play wasn't a touchdown, that's a huge chunk play that puts you in field goal position and essentially changes the game. Now you could run the ball because you're in that situation. Grind more clock out. Who knows what happens after that point? But just, it, it, Kyle Shanahan and uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, I think, should solely carry the weight of that losses on their shoulders. But congratulate Andy Reid definitely deserved it. I love what he said he was going to do after he won the Super Bowl. You know, he followed off his AFC Championship win. He said he was going to go get it. He said he had a cheeseburger and went to sleep. Uh, Super Bowl, he said, I'm going to go find the biggest, juiciest cheeseburger I could find. Heck, it might even be a double. Well, th- that double was definitely deserved, and someone should pick up the check for you because this is long. This is this is this is long time coming. You know, I thought he was going to get one in Philly. He left two years later. They got one. It's good to see that two years after Philly gets one, he gets one too. I uh, love Andy Reid. Definitely a first ballot Hall of Famer in my eyes. Great head coach. Was a monstrous kid in the punt, pass, and kick competition, but you know that's something different. But it was a fun Super Bowl nonetheless. It was good to watch. I had entertaining time. I was nodding off. That's because I'd only had six hours of sleep all weekend. But good game. Kept me on the edge of my seat. Uh, congrats to the Chiefs, but I think San Francisco just blew it. And that's it. Unless you guys have something else to say, even though Anthony's probably done. But Gio, any final words on the yeah, Super Bowl? Yeah, I mean, even if we look back at the Falcons one, it's almost like he didn't learn. I mean, Matt Ryan threw 23 passes in that game, almost identical yardage, and didn't turn the ball over, but he did take sacks. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo threw two picks, and he still had a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter. But what's even what's even greater is Devontae Freeman had 11 carries for 75 yards and a touchdown. Raheem Mostert, he gave Raheem Mostert one more carry than Devontae Freeman. He uh, Again, I bring this up all the time. All the flash. All this, when Zeke runs the ball, yes, my Cowboy fan is coming out. But if you can't get a running back and a coach to get on the same page and give that running back 20 to 25 carries a game, you're going to lose most of those games. That's why New England, who can't run the ball this year, still ran the ball. Go look at Sony Michelle's carry counts. Or whoever they decided it was going to be Rex Burkhead or an array of backs. Those are the teams that consistently consistently win, like the Niners, like the Titans, like the Ravens, like these teams who all did great all year long. But in the moments where they matter most, they just say, oh, we abandon, we abandon ship. I'll never get over that. 14 to 6 at halftime. 
Baltimore and the Titans, and Baltimore is at home. And Lamar Jackson throws 59 passes. That's why Harbaugh doesn't deserve Coach of the Year. Okay. Who's another <laughs> player who threw 59 passes this year? I don't know. I really I, I think that he's the only one. And that's the team that you would never guess should throw 59 passes. 14 to 6 at halftime. One possession game. I'll never understand it. It's the most is one of the worst coaching jobs I've ever seen. All right. Well, that's it for the episode. There's nothing else to talk about. Um we're probably not going to be back till the end of February, closer to free agency, because there's probably not going to be a lot of news in the next few weeks. So we'll probably come back at the end of February, if not first week of March, talk about free agency and start talking about the draft, so forth and so so on. And uh, sounds good. Yeah, it's been a good good first season. Even though we didn't start week one, we started week two, worked our way through, uh, only missed one week and. Let's go for that perfect season next year. Get them all in there. And uh, any final words for our first ever season? No, man, it was fun. You know, the weeks I was able to actually do it, you know, uh, coaching high school football and doing things like that, I had to miss a, miss a lot. But it was definitely fun. It's a good experience. It makes me, you know, pay a little bit more attention to something I already pay attention to a lot. So, you know, it was fun. Fun, fun first season. Yeah, I agree. That's more, more than anything. We wanted to get on the mics, give it a give it a go. Uh, hopefully next year we'll have more time in the summer to prep and be more polished in terms of our segments, in, term, in terms of our branding. Uh, thank you guys for all, any of you that have listened to any amount of our show and uh, looking forward to the offseason. Yeah, thank you guys, everybody who's listened. We appreciate all of you and keep spreading the word. Just keep telling everybody about it and uh, let them know. They can listen on Spotify, Anchor, and uh, Apple Podcasts. Let them know. Let them know where they can listen. Give them the episode. Listen to it with them, but on separate to give us more views. Both of you listen at the same time, in the same room. Um, and that's it. That was the end of the first season. I hope everybody enjoys their day or night, depending on when you listen to it. And um, see you guys in a few weeks.